you know, living in your integrity isn't always easy. And doing the best for the collective often means overriding your individual, not need, but your individual convenience. Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, where we explore how we can better understand our thoughts, feelings and actions, change our results and feel less alone as we navigate this crazy little thing called life. My name is Emily Chabborn, and I recorded this episode live in my free Facebook group, Unashamedly Human with Emily Chabborn. If you're not a member yet, head to the show notes to join this global community and you'll be able to join me live next week as I record the next episode of Unashamedly Human, the podcast. Make sure you follow me on Instagram too, Unashamedly Emily, and enjoy this episode. Dear M, this year I have really struggled to remain positive about the bigger global issues. As the pandemic has hit, it seems like people have divided and not united. Trump denying climate change is even a thing and encouraging white supremacy. ScoMo funneling money into gas and fossil fuels. Boris being in charge of Brexit. I can find myself feeling helpless and scared. This feeling is growing and beginning to affect my day-to-day life. Do you have any advice? I mean, if you are joining me live for this recording and that resonates with you, do me a massive favor, whatever you are doing right now, just smash out the love heart button and let me know. Do you look at the world around you and sometimes think to yourself, what the motherfucking hell have we done? And how the fuck are we gonna get out of this pickle? Um, so a lot of people are resonating with that, okay. Um, so I'm going to start with this. I think it is a good thing that this is how you are feeling. And you are not alone in feeling like this. And that is also a very good thing. If you didn't feel like this, if you didn't see injustice, if you weren't worried about the state of the planet, and when I say the state of the planet, I don't actually mean that. I mean the state of humanity. You know, we talk about saving the planet all the time and it's such a bizarre way of looking at it because I'm telling you now, the planet will be fine. The planet will continue to spin without human beings on it. We don't need to save the planet. We need to save ourselves. And I think we need to start talking about global warming and the over farming and the loss of the wilderness and the melting of the ice caps and the mass extinction of nature as a human problem and not a planet problem. It's our problem and we are going to die as a result of it. And if not in this generation, then probably only in a couple further down the line. It's critical. And so it's a fucking good thing that you feel worried because there is a lot to be worried about. Now, hang on, before you go, Emily, you are meant to be making me feel better. I think we need to see this as a really powerful thing. You know, no one did anything from a place of apathy. No one did anything from a place of like lying down and being like, nah, I'm sure it's just gonna sort itself out, guys. Action comes when people sit up and go, wow, what the fuck? Hang on a minute, we've got to do something about this. 
And so I think it's a really great thing that we are beginning to feel like this. It doesn't feel good, but it is the necessary catalyst for change. So if you right now are waking up in the morning and going, what the actual fuck? Then the best thing to do is act on that. I also think what you're feeling is an expression of love and compassion and empathy. Now, without getting too hardcore spiritual woo-woo on your ass, one of the concepts that I heard so long ago is this concept of, well, we are one, right? You and I are energetic beings. We are born from the stars. We are no better nor worse than the ground on which we walk, the animal which we eat, the air that we breathe. We are all connected symbiotically as one energetic being. And I heard that, you know, in the, in the manifestation circle originally when I was just desperate to find out how to get more money because I thought that that would be what I needed in order to feel connected and to feel like I belonged and to feel like I was good enough and to feel safe. And so I was like, okay, I understand that you are one with the energy of money. And then I realized that it's not about that. It is understanding that we exist in a very delicate balance together. And I am no more or less important than you. And you are no more or less important than the fish in the sea. And the sea is no more or less important than the birds in the sky. And while we live in harmony in that, there is peace for all. While we don't, there is separation. And in that separation, there is a lot of anxiety. And so this feeling that you are having, it feels a little bit like you're dying yourself, right? It feels a bit like, what do you mean we're about to funnel billions of dollars into gas production instead of taking that money and funneling it into sustainable energy production, which would generate more jobs, stop pillaging the land, and would mean that future generations won't have to deal with the burning of the planet. It's okay that you feel passionate about that. It's okay that you want to stop that. I think it is symbolic of the fact that more and more people are recognizing that we are not individuals on this planet. We are connected to this planet. And so the more that we rape and pillage the planet, the more we rape and pillage our own souls. And I don't say that lightly or flippantly. More and more people are recognizing that. So that's the first thing I want to say. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you feel fucking scared because we should all feel fucking scared because nothing is going to change while we don't. While we think it's okay, it will continue to happen. While we begin to wake up to the fact that this is not acceptable and we are in danger, not the planet, us, then we can do something about it. The second thing that I want to talk about really quickly is like, well, why has this kind of come up so much for people now? And I think this has been one of the weirdly positive effects of COVID. Even though it doesn't feel positive, it feels real fucking gross, right? I don't want to be anxious about the planet dying. I don't want to be anxious about the way that humanity is acting. No, of course, we don't want to feel that. But you know what? We are. And it's from that feeling that we are going to initiate some change and that we are going to stop this catastrophe from happening. 
there are three massive things that have happened for me personally this year. Three? Four. The first is seeing the separation of people instead of the unitation. Ooh, that's not a word. Seeing people divide instead of unite. That sounds better, doesn't it? That sounds more England. You know, it's okay that we have different ideas and different opinions. It's okay that someone believes that we shouldn't wear masks and it's okay that someone believes that we should comply wholeheartedly with what the government tell us to do and it's okay that someone is an anti-vaxxer and it's okay that someone is not an anti-vaxxer. Now, what I mean by this is, when I say it's okay, what I mean is when we look at somebody who has an opinion that differs from our own, and we've put a little post on Facebook expressing our view about what we think about the government, what the government is doing, or what we think about what the numbers are saying, or what we think, and then somebody else comes in and goes, yeah, but, and then we go back at that person and we have this like tirade of like disrespect for each other. And I'm seeing it all over social media, people just full on going for each other in the comments of posts. And I think that is an indication of a really serious problem. And I think we have a moral and a civil responsibility to check our behavior in that. If you don't want to hear somebody else's opinion ever, we are going to get on a train to Destructionville very quickly because, and this is the second thing that I have really, uh, has been highlighted for me this year is the abundance of fake news that we have out there and the ability that we have today because of social media and it's never been like this in all of the lifetimes that have preceded us, never have we had the technology to allow this to happen before. It is very easy to sit in a tunnel of confirmation bias. It's very easy just to listen to the opinions that match our own and then reinforce those opinions and then reinforce them again and reinforce them again and reinforce them again. And this, and this is the third thing, this has been highlighted a great deal by the documentary Social Dilemma. This idea that the algorithm will tell you what you want to hear and fake news sells better than real news. And it is our responsibility as human beings not to blindly accept what we see on Facebook as news, not to blindly go, well, that person agrees with me, so together we must be right. But to open our minds and think, okay, well, hang on a minute, where is the critical research that has come out of this? Where's the peer review that's come out of this? Is this just somebody's opinion? Is this fact actually been verified? Am I just sitting with people who have the same opinion as me over and over again and being like, mm, yeah, I agree. Mm, or if you and I agree, we must be right. And I think we owe it to our future generations to take ourselves out of that conversation, even though it feels safe, because isn't it safe when people agree with us? Isn't it safe when we feel like we're involved in a team of people who, who, who all have the same opinion? Yeah, it feels fucking safe. But you know what's not safe right now? Thinking that we are safe because we are reaffirming each other's opinion on something that has not been fact-checked. And then the fourth thing was the David Attenborough documentary that I watched last night and cried the way through. 
you know, I think there are some very important conversations that are coming up that are hard to hear and that are asking us to to put a massive mirror in front of our actions, in front of our thoughts, in front of the way that we show up, in front of the way that we consume. And I know this still feels like doom and gloom. I'm getting to the good stuff. Don't worry, guys. I'm getting to the good stuff. But I think that this is a conversation that is important to have. So number one, it's okay that you feel this way. This means that that change can happen. Number two, there have been four really big things that have come out of this year or big conversations that have come out of this year as a result of COVID. Number one, we have seen people divide through fear instead of unite through love. Number two, we've seen a huge rise in confirmation bias and fake news. Number three, we now know that there is, and I'm not saying that the social dilemma is 100% factually correct. I know there are nuances and I know it's just one documentary, but I think it raises a conversation that it is important to have. You know, your algorithm is confirming to you what you think you know, and that doesn't mean that it's real. It doesn't mean that it's fact. And then of course, number four is that we are really beginning to see, physically see now, the effects of humanity on the planet. If, like me, you love reading cool stuff, listening to interesting interviews, and hearing funny, quirky stories that feel really relatable, then sign up for my famous Friday emails. They're jam-packed with awesomeness, and if you sign up and you're not into it, you can always unsubscribe. Link in the show notes, and I look forward to being in your inbox on Friday. It's Friday! I actually think this revolution is quite late coming. There have been revolutions in history that have come from far less than what we are experiencing now. And I think the result, or I I think that is the result of a lot, we we have more placation these days than we've ever had in history. So my friend Kim calls television the great opiate of humanity. And I just love that phrase. And I think it's so true. You know, we are distracted by, look at this shiny thing over here, while all this policy is being made around us to rape and pillage the earth. And, you know, we are placated with consumerism and we're placated with capitalism and we are severely controlled here in Australia and certainly in the UK and America by the Murdoch press. You know, we have never been more distracted and placated. And so I actually think this revolution is really late coming. It has come so much earlier in other ages and times. And so I think it's important that we feel fucking scared because I think that is going to create action now let's look at the action because wouldn't it be really lovely to avoid a bloody revolution wouldn't it be really lovely to avoid rioting in the streets wouldn't it be really lovely to avoid children starving to death wouldn't it be really lovely to avoid people having to live on the streets because they can't afford houses while the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and that divide gets more and more dangerous and more and more violent i think we should try and avoid that whilst trying to take a few fucking steps back and have a bigger look about how we as individuals and therefore as a collective are contributing to the demise of humanity as a result of the way that we are treating the planet. So I've come up with kind of like three things that I think that we need to look at when it comes to, okay, well, how do I take action? Because it's in the action that we will begin to feel better. When we sit at home, 
watching, right? We're like, okay, I see people dividing and hating on each other. I see the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. I see the planet literally being farmed beyond measure. I see the wilderness disappearing. I see the fish disappearing. I see plastics and fossil fuels still being used and burnt. And and I see all this happening and I feel helpless because it feels like such a big fucking problem. (laughs) And what am I, little me here sat by myself going to do about it? And that's when it feels really scary. And that's when it feels really overwhelming. And that's really when it feels like, oh God, like the doom is upon us. And we've gone so far that, you know, this isn't going to end well. So I think action is how you are going to feel better. So the first thing is education. I think it's really important that we begin to take full responsibility for what we hear, read, and assume as truth. I think it's really important that we stop saying things like, well, you know, I'm just not very political. Bullshit, you don't get to say that anymore. If you are feeling worried about the state of humanity, because of the way that we are consuming, because of the way that we are acting, you no longer get to say politics isn't my thing. I'm not really into politics. You don't just get to sit there and be like, oh, I'll just vote for the guy that looks the best or I'll just vote for the woman who seems nicest. You have to look at policy and I'm not here to influence you politically in any way, shape or form. But what we need to start doing is understanding that we can't vote for individual need. We have to vote for global safety. This means that even if you are going to get a great tax break under a certain government, but that government are about to funnel billions of dollars into the production and export of gas or fracking, instead of taking that money and investing it in creating jobs and retraining people so that we can have huge solar farms in the middle of our abundant land, then that's what you do. And that is a conversation that you just have to have with yourself. Am I willing to put the oneness in front of my individualism? Educating yourself is a really important part of this process. And like that doesn't mean that you need to know everything about politics. It doesn't mean you need to know everything about policy, because I certainly don't. But it means that you don't just blindly vote for the party that you've been voting for for the past forever because your parents voted for them or because your mates are voting for them or because, well, they've done an all right job, haven't they? I mean, I'm all right. No, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than you. And one of the great places to start, and I full confession, I'm about to recommend something I haven't read yet, which is very unlike me. But I think, you know, I think sometimes feeling like we need to educate ourselves when we are, and I will hands, the, I'm talking about myself here. I'm so ignorant in the world of politics and I'm very ignorant in what is happening outside of my current little bubble of life and so it feels quite overwhelming to be like I need to go and learn a lot of shit right and it's like oh that's overwhelming and what happens when we're overwhelmed we don't take any action it's about taking small little steps so it's about so I want to introduce this book to you it's by Sarah Wilson and there's been quite a lot of noise about this book it's called this one wild and precious life and Sarah Wilson is a 
fantastic writer. She's got a beautiful style, very easy to read. The blurb on the back says this, we fight to save what we love. We need to be in nature, to return to our true nature, to be held and awed by it, to love it wildly so that we will fight for it. And so this book isn't a, hey guys, you've all got to stop eating meat and you've got it. No, it's not. It's just a, here is some really brilliantly and elegantly and eloquently presented material. So I just, like I said, I haven't made my way through the book yet. I've just started it and I'm a few pages in and already I'm like, yes, what she said. But um, I did open the book this morning as I was making my coffee to a random page and this is the line or the paragraph that I saw. Individual change is vital. I think one of the most demoralizing and destructive arguments out there is that anything we do won't make a difference. Don't fall for that. This is technically bullshit. So, you know, it might be that you start by getting a book like this or watching a couple of YouTube videos or listening to a couple of podcasts and asking yourself a little bit more about, well, am I just blindly saying, well, I don't want it to get any worse than this, so I don't really want to make any change, so I'm just going to keep doing what I've already done. Because that's such a human way of dealing with life. It's like, oh, I don't, oh, it all feels a bit too much. If we just keep doing what we're doing, it won't get any worse, right? It's why we stay in shit jobs. It's why we stay in shit relationships. It's why we have a shit relationship with our body. It's like we go back to the familiar when we feel overwhelmed or when we feel worried or when we feel scared or when we don't have exact clear answers, right? We get really overwhelmed. And so we go, oh, I'm just going to stay the same. We can't stay the same anymore. So start educating yourself in small little ways. Keep this at the forefront. We have to do things differently. And I mean that politically as well. The second thing, so the first thing is educate yourself. The second thing is consumerism. We need to start recognizing the difference between what it is that we need and what it is that we want. So I stopped eating meat about eight months ago, not because I don't like meat, honestly, not even because I'm worried about the poor little animals. <laughs> I'm gonna be really fucking honest. I've got no problem with human beings eating meat. I have a problem with 7.7 .7 billion human beings eating meat. I have a problem with the overproduction and the industrialization of meat. And it's not sustainable. So we have to stop it. Not other people need to work out how to solve this problem for us. We have to stop it. And I'm not saying everyone needs to go and be a vegetarian tomorrow, but ask yourself, do I need to eat a burger today? Do I need to give McDonald's money today? Can I introduce two or three more plant-based meals a week? Because we cannot continue the way that we are continuing and we cannot expect other people to sort that out for us. We are us. We are the other people. Have a look at your meat consumption because it's not sustainable. It's been proved. This isn't me just spouting something moralistically at you. This is just science coming at you. The second thing is fashion and fast fashion particularly. I fucking love clothes and I have so many of them. I went through like a jumper fetish this year in lockdown. I have three drawers and a chest full of jumpers, all excellent, may I add, that I am never, I, no human being needs that many jumpers. 
But I got quite obsessive about it because, you know, fucking lockdown, right? Who here didn't fucking buy shit to make themselves feel better in the middle of a global pandemic? Find me that person and I will bend down in front of them and kiss their feet. But me personally, I like to buy shit when I feel bad. Okay. I was looking the other day at the vast amount of clothes that I have and I thought, where is all this going to end up? Number one, who fucking made this so that I could buy it as cheap as shit on the internet in the middle of the night to make myself feel better? Who made this? And number two, where's it going to end up? In a landfill? How much cotton had to be farmed? How much water had to be irrigated for me to wear a jumper three or four times because I felt bad in the middle of the night during a global pandemic? Like, I have to put myself in the context of something bigger. This is my promise, is that I am no longer going to buy fast fashion clothing. Do I think that me no longer buying fast fashion is going to change the entire industry? No. But does that mean that I get to sit there and be like, well, me buying it's not going to make a difference, is it? Everyone would have to stop buying it then everyone needs to stop buying it. And I have to lead by demonstration. I don't get to go there and be like, well, she's buying it. I don't get to do that. I feel particularly privileged that I am in a financial position where I can buy from local Australian companies and I can make sure that my clothing is ethically sourced and I can choose to spend more money on a selection of very good quality clothes instead of I'm gonna buy 50 jumpers that will shrink in the wash or hold on to my body sweat so that every time I wear them, I'm a bit like, why do I smell? This jumper's clean. I can do that. And I know not everyone can, but you know, I've seen the cues in fast fashion shops. I've seen people buying items and items and items and items of clothing. No one needs that many clothes. We're, we're, we're so stuck in this mentality of like the need. And we don't, we don't need that much. So that's my promise is that from here on in, and, and that even goes, for example, like I have quite a lot of exercise and workout gear because I like running and I do a lot of yoga and you know I exercise quite a lot. I don't want to name brands or anything. I was looking the other day at a big chain, their body range as it were, or their active range. And I was like, I don't need to buy from these guys. I can afford to buy, and because, you know, let's be honest, the elastic goes after four runs. And so you buy another one and you're it's so cheap, isn't it? So you don't worry. It's like, oh, that was only 10 bucks or that was only 20 bucks. So it's fine. I'll just keep buying and buying and buying and consuming and consuming and consuming. And I was like, actually, do you know what? There are some brilliant Australia made companies who are selling good quality, double the price, but good quality running leggings and sports bras that made from recycled bottles and, you know, plastic that's been dragged up from the sea. And they're such great quality that they're not going to fall apart on me after a month. They're going to last a year or two or maybe even three. And so it's that shift in perspective that I think is really important. And, and that's where the change comes. And then the third thing and consumerism, so the consumption of farmed meat, fast fashion, and then the consumption of food in general and like, and plastic stuff. And again, I'm not here to 
bag out any particular company and I'm purposely not going to speak names of companies but like you know these kind of like here's your food at your door with your recipe card because we want to make your life simpler and I've ordered a couple of those things because anyone that knows me knows I don't cook very well I don't even know how to shop for groceries right so I was like okay well maybe I'll get one of those you know boxes that just arrive and it's all there laid out for you it's already pre-portioned and I opened it up and everything was inside a plastic sachet to the salt and pepper that came with it now I don't get to decide that I am more important than the planet I don't get to say well my convenience is more important so I'm gonna consume all of this plastic in a meal because it's more convenient for me I don't get to do that anymore. I don't get to feel when I wake up in the morning, fuck, what are we doing? What are we doing to the world? What are we doing with our political vote? What are we doing to humanity? And then consume like that. Uh, and here's the thing. I'm not saying that company shouldn't exist. But as a consumer, we have the power to say, listen, I'm going to stop using your product until you stop wrapping everything in plastic. And if enough people did that, guess what they'd do? They'd stop wrapping everything in plastic. But while we're not doing that, they're going to continue wrapping everything in plastic. We will not find a solution until we have to. Why would you? It's cheap. It's making them a lot of money. And we're consuming it. So why are they going to change it? But as a consumer, we have the power to say no. I say no, no, no. So where is your plastic consumption at? It's, it still boggles my mind that I have to pay more money for tomatoes not wrapped in plastic than I do for the tomatoes wrapped in plastic. But, you know, more and more, and again, this is a change in habit that I've made over the last couple of months, is that I've stopped buying supermarket fruit and veg. I've stopped buying anything that is wrapped in plastic. That means, again, I am spending a little bit more money on my fruit let's be honest because again I don't really buy much in terms of groceries but although that's changed a little bit as well because again I just like I won't order takeout from a company that's going to bring me plastic wrapped food because it's my responsibility and if everybody took that same attitude you know as consumers we have the power and we think that the big corporations have the power. They fucking don't. We have the power. If we stopped consuming plastic, they would find an alternative to plastic. If we stopped consuming fast fashion, they would find an alternative to fast fashion. We are the consumer. We have the power. But we've been tricked and mind washed to think that they have the power. Because they go, here, we're going to make your life more convenient. Here, you'll be beautiful if you use our product. We get to say no. I can choose not to buy that because that's my responsibility. I've started asking myself every time something goes into the recycling or the bin, I say to myself, where is that going? Because likelihood is it's going to sit on the planet and not decompose. And if it is not going to decompose, if you can look, if you can hold something in your hand and ask yourself, is this going to decompose, whether it's the thing that your food has been wrapped in or the thing that you're about to buy from that high street shop because you feel like, oh, look, this is really cheap. I'll just buy it anyway. Ask yourself, where is this going to end up after I've used it? Where is this thing after I have used this or consumed this? I've had my fill of this. I am done with this. Where is it going to end up? And are you okay with that? And then the last thing, so first thing is education, the second thing is consumerism, and then the third thing is contribution. This has been a massive one for me always, but particularly this year, 
is like how are you contributing to the world around you and again I think we can get stuck in feeling like well everyone needs help and there are so many children that need saving and there are so many causes out there that I feel overwhelmed and so I don't do anything because I feel like I'm not going to make a difference and I think again that's a very dangerous way of thinking to mirror what Sarah Wilson so elegantly put we have such power as individuals and when individuals come together we are ultimately the power start thinking about how you can contribute to the world around you in really small ways, how can you help uh, a charity? Like you don't have to donate thousands of dollars to a charity, but you could donate $2 a month, $4 a month, have one less latte a month and, and give that money to a charitable cause that is doing something for the orangutans, that is doing something for the starving children in Syria. Because when you put, when you begin to contribute in that way, you begin to see yourself as part of this symbiotic connection, universal oneness. And then, you know, it doesn't even need to be, well, how do I save all the starving children in Syria? Or how do I stop the deforestation of all of the trees? It can be like, how can I do something in my local community? What I've started to do when I take the dog for a walk on the beach now, because the litter around where I live is so fucking terrible. And I can look at that and be like, humans are fucked, which is how I felt for a lot of this year. Humans are fucked. And that makes me not want to do anything. But instead, I'm like, okay, how can I help this? How can I contribute to the solution instead of being overwhelmed by the problem? And so when I go on a walk with Theodore now, I just take like a brown paper bag with me, not a plastic bag, like a brown paper bag with me. And as I walk along the beach, when I see litter, I just pick it up and I put it in the bag. I don't go litter picking, but if there is litter in front of me, I pick it up and I put it in the bag. And then when we come off the beach at the end of our walk, I find a bin and I put it in there. What small things can you do for your community? And that in includes tiny little things like smiling at strangers and speaking to people in the queue when you're about to order your coffee and being the energy that you want to see in the world. If everyone went out today and decided to be the energy of love and connection and belonging, smiling at people, saying hello to people, commenting to people about the weather, I think people would feel better in themselves. And when we feel better in ourselves, we're much more likely to want to help each other out. Would you like daily text messages of support, positivity and love sent personally from me straight to your phone? Then sign up for Wake Up With Em. It's the affirmation service you didn't know you needed. The first month is free if you follow the link in the show notes. Good morning. You're awesome. If you are feeling overwhelmed by the state of the world, then go and do something about it. And don't think that your action doesn't count because it does. And we don't need everyone to take the same action. We just need enough of us to. And there will always be people who would rather line their own pockets than look out for the greater good. And that's okay. But we don't have to let those people run our country. We don't have to buy into that anymore. And it's quite painful sometimes when we wake up and see what's happening. But it's only from that place, I think, that we will be galvanized into taking the action that we need to take to make a change. And now I have a little confession to make, which is that that question didn't come in from anybody, but it has been the thing that has been weighing so 
deeply and heavily in my heart this year. And there have been times where I felt really desperate and it's been quite hard for me to understand that because I'm a very positive person and I have a an inner optimism that we are good people. And this year I've seen so much of um, the opposite of that. And it's been really painful. And there have been times where I felt really desperate and in quite a lot of despair. And this sort of growing impending sense of doom. And really worrying and um and I've sat on that and I haven't told anyone about it because it felt so foreign to me to feel like humanity was fucked <laughs> and to feel like like it was all useless and then in the last maybe month or so ago probably has just been in the last four weeks I've been like I have the power to change it. And it's in that realization that I have begun to feel hope again. And I do think that people are good. I do think that people want peace. And I do think that people want to live in unity. And I do think that people want connection and belonging. I just think people are really hurting. And so I think it's my, bless you, Theodore. So I think it's, my responsibility to do everything that I can to be the demonstration of love. And that means love for the planet. It means love for people, love for myself, because I don't think we can continue to ignore it because I think our children and our children's children deserve better than that. And I'm quite surprisingly passionate about it because, you know, I for so many years was just in the consumerism cog and didn't really care. <laughs> I was so wound up in my own hurt and my own worry and my own doubt and my own significance that I hadn't really taken a step back, I don't think, that until this year. And then I was like, sometimes it takes a global pandemic, doesn't it? Just take a step back and be like, actually, what's really important? And, um, it's not how many jumpers can I buy and how many cars can I drive and how many Instagram followers have I got? It's not that. That's not important. Um, sending you big, big hugs and healing light. You have no idea how much you're impacting the world with your work and just being you. Oh, thank you, honey. I appreciate that. You are leading the way and doing an amazing job, Em. Thank you, Kathy. I'm right with you, Em. I've been changing my habits for the last three years. Yes. Awesome. I feel you and I can relate 100%. Awesome, I'm pleased, and I hope you're well as well. Truth, you have to feel it to heal it. Oh, I love that. You have to feel it to heal it. Put that on a t-shirt that has been ethically and sustainably sourced. Uh, we all want to get some chickens so we can have our own eggs. Yeah, my sister has chickens. They're delightful. They had one called Emily for a really long time, which I took as a compliment, if I'm going to be honest. Um, how many of us actually send our feedback to the companies that provide our products? Yeah, and it's, it's what you have to remember is we own that product. The company doesn't, like the company doesn't have the power. The consumer has the power. How many consumers are get like you've got one company and there's let's say half a million people consuming it. If those half a million went, no, we don't want this product to be like this, the company's gonna change the fucking product. 
I can't garden to save my life, but I'm going to give a veggie garden in this weekend. Yeah, I love that. I say I can't do things all of the time, but it's not necessarily that I've proved that I can't do it. It's just that I've never tried it. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't cook. But I've never really tried to cook. <laughs> like I can't, I'm not very good at gardening. It's because I've never had a garden. It's so funny the way that we language ourselves um, and we, we kind of like create limits for ourselves before we've even tried because we've never tried. So we assume we can't. Really interesting. That's it for today's episode. I trust you loved it. And remember, you can join me as I record these episodes live. All of the details are in the show notes. If you love this episode, I'd really appreciate you sharing it on your socials. And please tag me, Unashamedly Emily. You can also share it through Spotify. And if you're listening on iTunes, then please rate and review. It really helps other people find this valuable content. And as always, nothing beats a good bit of word of mouth. So let your mates know all about this podcast. If you're interested in joining my global coaching community, the Unashamedly Human Hub, check out the link in the show notes. See you in the next episode and keep being brave.